For great ideas and practical tools you can start using tomorrow to grow your business and separate you from the competition, you've come to the right place. If you're into B2B marketing and sales, then welcome to the one and only B2B marketing and sales podcast with over 60 and counting total years in the trenches of businesses, small and large. They have a plethora of knowledge and experience that generate you more leads, capture more clients, ring up more sales. Well, doggone it. Just make you more money. How about that? Always thought-provoking, yet dubiously entertaining. Please welcome to their respective microphones across three time zones, your co-ringmasters, the Dave Loomis, and not the rock star, Steve Miller. Hey, everybody. <laughs> I, I, I say that, and I always I always laugh. Uh, and uh, hey, everybody, this is Steve Miller, better known as Kelly's dad, marketing gunslinger. I'm not going to go through all that other crap. That we usually say because because we have more important things to talk about today. All right, and I am and, and welcome to the. I know how to do this now. The B two B marketing and sales podcast. I'm on a roll. It's the best B two B marketing and sales podcast there is. Yes, actually, it is. Actually, it is very much so. And today, it's going to really. It's gonna oh, really yeah. rock. It's gonna oh, hockey yeah. stick. We got a good you one, you know, with today. You know, and and joining me as always is my close personal friend Dermot Mulroney, uh, who is wait. Oh, you know, with yeah. those sunglasses on, you kind of look like him, right? Uh, uh. Anyway, right. Uh, there you are. That's you. There yeah. you are. That's yeah, my, my 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 extremely good friend now, uh, Mr. David Mayo Loomis, author of this book. Oh, I got it ready this time. Marketing is everything we do. Okay, get that's true. Get it, get it at your local server. It's literally everything. Everything. Hello, everyone. We're not here to talk about that. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here today. We, if you're, if you're listening, you have not heard a third voice yet, but you probably read the title of the podcast, so you know that we have a special guest, Michelle Jones, who is our one and only three-time guest. That is right. And uh, back the by first three-time guest. Yeah, we, we've had a lot of requests to have Michelle back. And it probably has a lot to do with the fact that Steve and I are getting extremely yeah, I'm not, boring. I like the background of uh, him. Very nice. I like it. <laughs> um, do you play? We need musical instruments. Michelle, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. It's a three-peat. I'm honored to be your third you time. We were just you, talking about yes. the fact that yes. like, this is like Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Now you owe no. some money to uh, whatever whoever that coach was of the uh, Knicks who who trademarked the word three-peat um, oh, yep. in the Sorry. 90s. I'm but also that's okay. That's okay. Send your, mo- send your money in. Yeah. Um, so for those of you that don't know, Michelle Jones is the president and founder of Creative 8 which is a, uh, a multifaceted marketing company growing B2B marketing and um, lead gen and all sorts of things. And uh, she happens to be an expert on the topic that we are discussing today. Yeah. Yes. So, which is So we in, thought of her when we were thinking of this we topic. Did. We did. We did. Yes, yes. Uh, we, said, we said, we're going to talk about inbound 
marketing. Marketing. Yeah. And uh, and we said, who do who who do we know that knows anything about it? Because we don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've right. heard of it. Short, but yeah, we've, yeah we we've heard of it, and we think that um, yeah. we we think it's. It, we, we know that you know what outbound. Well, maybe we don't even know what outbound. No, you see, we're going to start that, at the very question I want to ask. But before we, but before we start, before basis. we start, yeah, with, with the, Michelle, what have you been doing since the last time we had you on oh, on, on the question. show? Great question. What have we been doing? Um, that is a lot a of traveling. Question. I know you've been doing a lot of traveling. Well, yeah, we've been doing some traveling. That's been nice for work and for vacation. So finding some time to rest and recharge, which is also very important. Um, which sometimes includes leaving the country, which we now know is a luxury after COVID. Being able to leave is not something we take for granted. But yeah, but really been hunkering down in the business. I've been doing some more speaking. Um, we're growing, which is great. So um, I can't remember if I had uh, both of my full-time employees yet the last time I was on the podcast. I don't no, think actually, I-, I think Creative Aid had just really started. Yeah, it was just me. And so now yeah. we've got two full-time employees, a team of developers, and looking to hire another full-time employee as well. So the demand for inbound marketing is definitely strong. I'm available. <laughs> Four and five. Okay. Right <laughs> okay. Put in your application. Yeah. It helps if you know what inbound marketing is probably. What? Yeah. But we're going to know after today. We're going to know. All right. Yeah. So what, the hell, what the hell is it? Yeah. So in Inbound marketing, there's two kinds of marketing that are really out there. You can throw them into any, most you can throw into any bucket and there is some gray area in the middle, but there's inbound marketing and there's outbound marketing. And for years and years from like the fifties till the two thousands, it was mostly outbound. So um, outbound is like, let's put up a billboard and hope someone sees it. Let's make some cold calls and hope someone answers. It's more like pushing a message, radio ads, things like that, pushing a message and hoping that you see someone, your message reaches someone right when they're at the ideal time of investigating or they know they have a problem and your product or service could help solve it. Inbound marketing is more about attracting people to you, um, you know, like attracts like. So trying to find people that are um, looking for the resources and products that you offer. So we do a lot of that digitally through websites, thought leadership, content marketing, social media, things like that. So it's a much more intentional way of bringing people in when they're at the right phase in the buying process versus just pushing a message out and hoping that you find someone. So do you think the inbound name came from the fact that we are hoping that if we create say like content that is of value and interest to somebody that we can sort of that sort of they'll raise their hand and sort of be inbound to us and 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 then you know we can nurture them along that buying cycle or or, or did it come from somewhere else the name no that's right i mean that's absolutely right if you think about it wouldn't you rather talk to someone who is excited to talk to you versus cold calling someone and trying to shove a message down their throat when they're not ready for it. So it's it's night and day in terms of how the whole like onboarding process comes on in terms of sales. So this is where sales and marketing have to work so well together because marketing is truly supporting sales and there has to be a lot of alignment. Yeah, I like and I like, uh, you know, we use that term a lot about getting them to raise their hand. Uh, um you know, because like you like you say, Michelle, it, it's more like a, it's more like a warm call. Mm-hmm. And when somebody reaches out to you and they say, hey, I 
I have seen something about you. I've read something about you. I've heard something about you. Um, and uh, and it sounds like you can help me. I, uh, you know, I'm interested in hearing more. Yep. I'm interested in hearing more and think of how much better a conversation like that goes and how much more likely you are to close something versus just, you know, hope and a prayer. So it's kind of like throwing a line out one at a time and hoping you catch a fish fish or something bites versus putting a really awesome, you know, you know, you're going after a very specific type of fish or moose and you put the right bait out there and then the bait you attract brings in the animals that you want. Right. So moose hunting too. Yeah. Notice how she's, uh, fawning to one of the hosts. Um, <laughs> uh, um, and um, what do you think that inbound mark, do you actually think inbound marking is better than, than outbound? I think there's a time and a place for both. Okay. So I think it depends on the product and I think it depends on the service. When you have really high stakes and people are going to be spending potentially millions of dollars on something, there's really long lead cycles, lead like the time to buy cycles. And so you really have to make sure that people trust you. If they're going to spend $5 million on a piece of equipment, they better trust this piece of equipment. They better trust you. They better trust the company, the brand. You need to prove that you know what you're talking about. So if you're looking for a very specific, very small, very select group of people who are in the market for a $5 million piece of equipment, you're not just going to start placing calls to everyone you know. You're going to be very intentional about how you go out and find and attract those types of people in. And inbound marketing is a great way to do that. Right. Or not, you know, just like putting an ad out there and hoping that you're going to find that one one in a million um, hit. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Exactly. So, Do you have any... Um, Sorry, go ahead, Steve. No, no, I was, I, I, uh, you know, I, I was, I was waiting for you. I thought you were going to say some more, and then you kind of paused. You know, if you pause, yeah, yeah, one of know, us is just. This is like radio. Gonna, always going to jump you know, radio in. Radio hates pauses. <laughs> Do you have examples? Uh, a, a couple examples of some some things that you know of, or even, or or you've done yourself that. Um, you know, either using or or just sort of disguising the the client that that are just great, perfect examples of how inbound marketing works. Yes, I am so glad you asked that, Dave, because in fact, I do. So, awesome. um, yes. Yeah, so I this so one of the sounds like it was set up. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so actually back in 2015, um, I was promoted to run a marketing division of a company and this company was doing all outbound stuff. They were placing ads in magazines. Um, they were going to the trade shows. They were kind of doing all the traditional stuff that you would expect. But the problem was they even had a group, two people that were just making calls all day long. The problem with that is you put a lot of effort out there and it's tough to know exactly what it was that generated the result. So I found out about inbound marketing back then and actually HubSpot, which I'll go ahead and plug them because I'm Shamelessly, I'm a HubSpot partner because I used the software so long that I loved it and ended up when I started my company, I became a partner, but they help you track all of that. So you can actually start to see what your ROI efforts are that you're generating. So when I flipped that department and that company from an outbound approach to an inbound approach, we started putting out thought leadership through blogs. And when you have a really good piece of thought leadership, you can bottle it up and put it out in social media posts. You can include it in your e-newsletter. You can submit it to publications. And then you are now perceived as the expert or the thought leader. But basically, we were able to track that we would spend 
I don't know, $200,000 annually on our website, roughly, and the agency that helps support it. And we would generate over $2 million a year in annual revenue through the website. So if you optimize your website and you do all the right things from an inbound perspective, you start to attract the type of people that you want to sell to, and then you're more likely to close. So you're able to measure. You can track and measure, which is so important. That's something that is, and so recently we haven't really been able to do that as marketers. You just, unless someone specifically told you, I saw your ad on a billboard or I heard your ad on the radio right. or I talked to person X yeah. at a trade show, you don't know where that lead came from. Right. And now, Marshall, now, Marshall of course, Field. And I'm, I'm going to, you know, I, I have to say something here about that. Okay. I've been teaching that for 30 years, you know, how to measure marketing. And, and the, the, the problem was always that the vast majority it's 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 the guy the guys up 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 high you know they uh most uh, most of the guys up uh, uh, the upper management guys now see and ceos and presidents and stuff like that they're bean counters um you know they came from the financial you know uh, place and so they had and when and so when they would uh, uh, like uh, set up a, a, a marketing department, so to speak, like what you were talking about, you know, what you had before you switched to inbound, uh, um, that it was very, very difficult to prove the value of marketing. Mm -hmm. uh, and now, and of course now, and, and you say like, like with HubSpot and, and stuff, you can measure marketing. You always have been able to do it. It was just people were never, weren't taught how to do it. Mm -hmm. And um, and so so it was it was a very vague uh, kind of generality of of results, you know, mm -hmm. and you had to guess and, and and say, OK, you know, you know, so, you know, attribution and, and stuff was yeah. very, very difficult. And it's it's much become more so specific now, so specific. And the thing about something like HubSpot and there's other other tools out there that people use that are that are similar. HubSpot's a great one, but. They're almost like the merger of a CRM and an email marketing system and sometimes the website itself. And when when you get that going, it's so powerful. Even the phone, even phone calling can be linked into it. And mm -hmm. literally everything that you do can be tracked to that customer record and recorded. And you know, then you can look and see, oh, I did this. And they came into the website and they visited these pages and they spent this much time on it. And mm -hmm. this one, this thing worked and this thing didn't work. So let's not do this other thing again. Let's do this thing. Let's do more right. of that. So you, you talked about, uh, you were using an example of a company that you worked for. Okay. And now you are, um, you are consulting for companies to help them what are you what what are you telling people? I mean, what is it when you sit down with somebody and after you've kind of looked at their situation, analyzed it, understand their moose, uh, um, the target market and stuff like that, you and I'm going to radically assume that inbound is a huge part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, most of the time. Okay, so what what typically are you? Uh, like, what are like the first steps that you you would take? Because there are a bunch of different types of tools for inbound. Yeah. Um, so I think it's important as marketers that we do a lot of listening. We have two ears and one mouth for a reason. So uh, something oh, that drives crap. people. You sound like up. my dad. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just here to remind you of that, Steve. That's your friendly reminder for the day. Um, so basically, I, companies don't like when people come in from the outside, whether they're an, an employee or a consultant, and 
the first thing marketers tend to want to do is come in and change everything. Oh, we want to change the logo and we want to change the website and we want to change everything. So the first thing we do is listen to really understand what's the current state. There's a reason if you want to do inbound marketing and it's not working right now, there's a reason it's not working. So for me to come in and do exactly what you were doing before is probably going to generate the same result, which is the definition of insanity, right? So doing a lot of listening and then um, and understanding what's already being done. So we do an assessment and go through and say, okay, what trade shows are you already going to? Do you have anyone who's already a technical writer, or a really good writer, and they're already publishing thought leadership? Do you already have a newsletter? Are you already doing uh, pay-per-click campaigns through Google? Like, what are you already doing? And where do you want to go and why? And then how do we put together a plan to help get you there? So it's interesting because a lot of companies come in and they're like, we know, sometimes they'll say, we know we need help with this one thing. But a lot of times it's, we need help with marketing and we don't know where to begin because we don't have, for whatever reason, we've had a lot of Is, is this a version? Because because I also I also want to make sure that that uh, I'm, I'm pitching my partner. Um it, it, is what you do a version of like voice of customer? Um, so that's where Dave <laughs> comes into play. So um, we don't actually, my company doesn't do any voice of customer research and we're a little bit unique because we know what our strengths are and we're not a one size fits all agency. So when our clients work with us, we cherry pick who we think are going to be good fits for them based on their needs. So if they need voice of customer work, Dave's my first person I call and yeah. I recommend Dave and he comes in. And yeah, I just, you know, because you said you had you know, listening was so important, you know, and immediately when I hear about listening to the customers, I immediately think of Dave and voice of voice of the customer. So I yeah. just, I just want to make sure that, 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 you know, we're, uh, I'm, I'm hearing what you're talking about. So you're saying that sometimes it's also something a little bit different. Yeah. Than, it's also sometimes it's cultural listening. So understanding. Uh, ooh, wow. Clients. That's a good statement. That's a good, you, you should own that. I'll trademark it. You <laughs> should, you should, you could. It's How a, do you know I was, great, I wasn't talking, I wasn't talking to Dave. Phrase. <laughs> it's a great phrase. That's a great note. Cause that is a great. No, phrase. I think that's, I think that's, that's for you. Cultural listening. I think it's really good. Wow. You have Thank to you. understand the organization. And I think yeah. that's what you're saying is that, before you jump to a conclusion, if I heard you correctly, you're assessing the situation mm-hmm. by talking and listening and seeing what what's worked before up to now and what hasn't and so forth. And then is there another step like, okay, what are your goals? And then and then you're prescribing certain things, including inbound to get to there or just talk about that part. What's next after assessment? Yeah. Well, and especially when we're doing that initial conversation, assessment, cultural listening, it's not just about marketing. It's about the whole company. I want to know like, what areas are you looking to grow? What are you, what areas are your bottlenecks? Do you have top line growth goals for the next five years? How are you planning on getting there? Are you hiring? What, what does it all look like? Because marketing is not a silo. Marketing has high levels engagement with every function within the company in order to operate really well. Um, even if it's an ter- internal communications piece that's needed, that requires a strong relationship with HR. If it's product stuff, you got to talk to product management and you got to talk to sales. So after we figure that out, then we put together a plan. And a lot of times it's, there's inbound marketing related because most of the time companies either have lead generation goals, which contribute to sales, or they have brand awareness goals if they're in really well-developed markets and they've been a market leader for a long time. So based on whether they're into um, sales growth or lead gen or uh, brand awareness, then if it's a sales growth play, then we do more of an in, inbound um, lead gen piece. But 
again, we want it to seamlessly integrate with. Steve what's is all- a big fan of of brand awareness, by the way. Oh, good. He well, loves why- he loves yeah. building awareness for no other reason than awareness, right, Steve? <laughs> yeah, I just I just live for spending money on something that has no no impact on my bottom line. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. If anyone's being real, I mean, even nonprofits are in it for the profit, right? Like you still want to. They're in it. It's 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 all ultimately regardless of who you're working with. Ultimately, they are looking for more customers. Okay, mm-hmm. they don't come to to people like us to work with their current customers. Now we can certainly, if if we get in with them, we can certainly make a difference there. But for the most part, when they come to people like us, they're they're basically saying we need more customers, mm-hmm. and so it's it's a question of lead generation, uh, conversion, you know, and ultimately then creating a long-term relationship with these, with these people. And then also, and also getting these people to give it, find us more customers right? through referral marketing. So, uh, you know, and to me, brand, brand awareness is, is a, is a stupid goal. Uh, you know, as, as thank you, David. I was being a little sarcastic. It's just a stupid goal. Brand awareness to me is a result of all the stuff that you do. It should never be the top line objective because your top line objective is growing your co- your company, and and you should be able to uh, have uh, attribution to uh, make that happen. So, um, okay. So I mean, I love what I'm hearing here. Uh, I, I just think this is so awesome. Um, so let me throw let me throw kind of a a, a little bit of a curveball at you here. Can you, can you, have you done anything that you would simply, that you would call an uncommon example of in, inbound marketing? Ooh. I think a lot of it depends on the creativity that you can use within the campaign itself and the messaging. Because even if you have all the right vehicles out there, if you don't have messaging that resonates, it all falls flat. So how do you, and you can track all this in HubSpot too. You can pull in a camp, you can actually create a campaign so you can see exactly what your campaign even is generating. Um, One of my favorite campaigns that I ever did in terms of inbound marketing um, was a company was, uh, they launched a product in 1979 and it was celebrating so many years or whatever it was. And so we did everything. You weren't even born in that. No. What do you mean? What do you mean? Did you help them launch this product? Wow. No, 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 no. Wait. Just... Oh, I get it. Okay, I see. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it was fun because we made everything retro moment. for years. So oh, our... you made everything retro. Everything retro. So all of the like email headers and ads, which is that's more cool. Trade show. We had orange. Damn, that's great. I love it. Record players. Everyone loved it. Did I you use it. a font called Hobo? I don't remember. It has. Oh my gosh, it. Hobo was the coolest font. Do you remember that? Oh, of course I remember. I can see it in my my eyes, in, in my it's, eyes, it's, in my mind right of, now. Um, right? I can see hobo right now. It's kind in of fact, puffy. I'm going to go use it. I'm going to go use it in my next. It's so funny. Campaign. Oh my gosh, I can see I can see the stuff now, and the people wearing '70s stuff. That's great. absolutely. Oh, yeah. I recognize it. I googled it. Oh, you're looking it up now. That's oh, cheating. Okay. That's course. cheating. I know. You know she did you it. Don't, if you can't see automatically see it in your mind, then that's cheating, you know. So yeah. um, wow, that's that I love that. I love that. That that's a that is kind of that that, that that's uh I mean it's not 
um, it's not something that hasn't been done before, but it's something that is rarely done in the B2B world in particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, B2B can be kind of dry. Boom. Hey, I've I've got something for you, Michelle. Like what? How specific do you think the content or messaging should be to to that moose? I think a lot of people, a lot of people that I talk to that are that are clients and people in business, they get nervous about writing things or creating videos or anything that they create that's like too hyper targeted. They they yeah, they want to be they they want to be a little bit more general because they think they'll reach more people and they they're like you know only a few people might be interested in 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 this and we shouldn't go too deep and we shouldn't do this what what do you say to that like what's worked for you and what do you say to your clients about that kind of stuff i think steve's experiencing some kind of illness over there i think he's yeah. all right he loves this yeah. so much no, um I- now um i would say that <sighs> If you, if you, I don't understand why people resist some of this stuff so much, because if that's what you're already doing and it's not working, then why would you keep doing it? Like, so if you have to get, you have to, it's like a 3d movie, isn't it? If if you're watching video right now, this is like a 3d movie. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is so smart. I mean, especially so a lot of my clients are in, in their sales are very technical in nature. So you're going to have to be talking technical. Um, so you're, if, you're, if your audience is technical, if your buyers are technical, if your moose is technical, then write technical and write to them. Um, and this is why we don't put all of our eggs in one basket and say we're only going after one moose. You have multiple, you know, personas, moose, moose eye, whatever, whatever plural moose, mooses oh, are. Moose uh, <laughs> like, eye. Wait, moose eye. Moose you have eye. moose eye to go after. Um, you have a- <laughs> What's that? Moosees. Moosees. Yes. Yes. Um, but this is why, I mean, this is why you don't go after all of those. Oh, you don't write all of them in the same way. Kind of like you wouldn't have a conversation with uh different, I don't I'm trying to even think of a good example. Um, you don't you just don't have the same level of conversation with three different people. Okay, let's let's take healthcare for example. You're not going to talk to a doctor the same way you're going to talk to a nurse, the same way you're going to talk to the administrator, the same way you're going to talk to the person at reception. You're not going to talk to all of them the same way. You're going to have different types of conversations. Yes, they're all in the same industry, but they have different backgrounds and different levels of knowledge and all that. So you're not just writing to healthcare, you're writing to something really specific. And that's the same for manufacturing and B2B. You got to be more specific with who you're going after. I mean, if you think about what you look for as a consumer of information, you look for something that's very specific to solve a very specific problem. So why would we not do that in B2B? No, I I look for the most general, generic words possible when I'm shopping for, if I, you know, if I have depression, then uh, I look for anything that says, are you sick? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I really like I like using like the the words, even if they are somewhat technical. Sometimes using the words that the customers or that our target market uses, um, just they'll relate to it better. Um, sometimes it shows up in search better. You're just you're better off um, when what sometimes when an agency gets a hold of things, they they put um, 
a younger, inexperienced person, and this is not to, this is a, a, a harsh generalization, but they'll put somebody on it, a copywriter, and maybe they're older and experienced. Who knows? It doesn't matter. But they're gonna like create this advertising speak around whatever this communication is, because they're not an expert in that. And it's really annoying. I've heard of a lot of instances where somebody gets hired to write blog posts for a company. This happened to one of our clients, uh, Michelle, and the the person who's the, the client ends up rewriting it. First of all, they have to get on a call with the agency to tell them all the information that should go into the blog. Mm-hmm. Then they write, the, then the person that the, they're paying this company to write the blog post comes back and the person, the expert in the company re- re- rewrites it basically because it doesn't sound right. What, what what do you do about that? I don't think you operate like that, but what do you do when you need to really understand the the topic better? I mean, I'm not listening. Here's the thing, like perfect is the enemy of done. So sometimes you just have to get things done, right? Like just get it done. But I think the other issue, just to tag on what you're saying too, Dave, is that companies on the flip side, instead of outsourcing it, they're like, oh, we'll do everything in-house. That's also dangerous because you don't realize how much in-house lingo you use in things. So you have to really understand, like, does your does your customer, do they call what you call a widget? Is that what they call it? Do they call it a knob? You need to write the way they consume information. And I think that does happen a lot of agencies is they're like, oh, we'll just, you know, bring in someone to help with this technical thing. And if you have a technical sale, you can't do that. You need someone with an industry background. So that's why it's just, it's so important just to vet who you're working with and understand it, make sure they know and understand your industry or your business. People can learn. Absolutely. We all started out at some point knowing nothing about what we do now when we learned, but you know, if you're going to outsource or in-house outsource everything to a junior writer or bring in an intern for the summer and you're disappointed with the results, you know, can't say I'm surprised. <laughs> okay. Let me, let me ask you a question about this. Okay. Cause it, it, this is kind of a tangent with what, what, what you guys are both talking about is that in my opinion, my experience over the last um, 37 years, um, everybody thinks they know marketing. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks that. So that when you, and, and especially when it comes to something like copywriting, messaging, as you're talking about, uh, is that they will hire somebody on the outside who is an expert at doing this, right? And 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 then that expert uh, submits copy messaging that, that because as as the three of us know, one of the, one of the how do you pronounce this? Um, is it mores or mores? Oh, oh, I might it, it. I think it might be mores. Okay, I'll just say mores. One of the mores of our world is is in in marketing is uh, that it's message to market match. Hmm. Okay, I like it. So as as you say, we are talking their language. Right. Yes. And, you know, at the same time, we're also talking to them from a marketing perspective. So so we so we write stuff that is designed to be a message to market match. 
and 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 also designed to uh, kind of you know create a a call to action, mm-hmm. right? And stuff. We hand it over to the client, and the client goes, "Oh, I can make this better." Mm-hmm. And they, you know, like you, like you say, they some somebody at the company then um, edits, edits it, and then it doesn't work, and they blame us. <laughs> it's everything's marketing's fault, Steve. It's just the name. Well, of they the- no, they just blame us because because no, they think they understand marketing. They're going, oh no, I I fixed your message. Yeah, you know, I, I made your message better, so we sent that out right, and nobody responded. Wow, you suck. Sometimes oh. I think we also put too much emphasis on one thing. Like we're expecting ah. the world to change Ooh, that's with a good one, one thing. And so we try to make it perfect, like you were saying, Michelle, but we really just want to get it done and out there. And it's never going to be perfect, but we need to do more of it. We need to do um, we need to do it over and over and over again and learn by doing. Mm-hmm. If you do something once and you fail and that's all you were planning on doing, then it's just kind of worthless. You know? Yeah. You know, so, so, okay. And I'm, I'm going to let you answer, but I want to jump in here because I'm, I, I love interrupting Dave um, is to, uh, is to say that, okay. See, like you made a comment earlier, uh, Michelle, about understanding the, the, the sales cycle, the length of the sale, the typical sales cycle. So like if you're selling a five, $5 million piece of equipment, as you say, it may be two years might be the typical sales cycle for for the, for that right and my my objective my objective when i'm working with clients as i'm sure that you guys are both the same too i want i'm i'm looking to compress that time okay mm-hmm. if i can take it from 2 years to 18 months or even a little bit even a little bit shorter that's a win right yeah. so so but but like you say dave uh that one message by itself doesn't 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 change anything or it's never it it's change, never gonna it doesn't cut change things it doesn't just like whoa man we only need that one message and that's all we need no it's that message plus the next message plus the next message plus the next message and then ultimately if you do it right it's going to shorten the sales cycle what do you think about that michelle Absolutely. I mean, and this is the beauty of digital marketing. You don't have to print 80,000 copies of something and throw all your eggs in one basket. If it didn't work, if their webpage isn't resonating, you're not getting leads, change it up. And we have AB testing. You can do AB testing. I mean, just because you, if you're in sales and you call someone and they don't pick up, do you just give up and you're like, well, I guess I'm not cut up for sales. Um, Christine Hawkman's my high performance coach. So shout out to Christine, who's awesome. Um, but she used a story uh, recently where she was talking about her son and he's learning how to walk. And what happens when you learn how to walk? You fall down. And do you look at your kid and you're like, nope, sorry, I guess you're not cut out for walking. Like walking's not for I you. Gave, I gave up when I when Kelly fell. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Kelly. Kelly. Yeah. And to this day, she still she still doesn't know how to walk. She crawls. No, but I mean, and that's where so many companies though, and this, again, this is why culture is important. What is your tolerance for failure? You have to accept that failure is going to happen. Also, good marketing takes time. 
So you're going to try, you're going to fail. And, but if you don't try and failing, yeah, that sucks. If you try and fail and you learn, it was worth it. So that's my, can I give you, can, can I give you a different word to use? Yeah. Cause always. if you talk, when you're talking to clients, don't use the word fail. Um, and I, I'm not saying you do, but I, but see what I always tell people is marketing is testing. Mm-hmm. Marketing is all about testing. And that's what AB is all about. I'm testing a, the control against the new, the new idea. All right. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm looking to beat the control. That's all I want to do. I just want to beat the control. And, and so it's testing. It's testing. And, yeah. and if B doesn't work, isn't better than A, then I throw that away and I come up with C. So, uh, um, yeah, abs- abs- absolutely. Um, Dave, what's the, what do you think is the, the, what is your takeaway from this conversation with, um, Somebody of the opposite persuasion. I, I think the uh, the key takeaway is that inbound marketing is a, a, a an incredibly important tool in a toolkit. It may not be the only thing that you use as an organization, as a B2B organization. In fact, you know, arguably it probably shouldn't be the only thing that you use, but it should be a very big part of what you're doing right now especially for B2B companies that are that that know their moose can identify their target it's a it's a pretty specific sales uh goal and um and you know it it should it should be working and there's lots of ways to do it and you can be creative within it that's another takeaway i love from your 70s story um you know that 70s marketing yeah that 70s marketing yeah, I'm, I'm I'm shocked that you even understand 70s marketing because you know you think of you know most people who think of the 70s they go oh you mean the monkeys you know uh, and uh, yeah, yeah most yeah, people that's, don't even that's know your who the monkeys books. are that's your history books you know so yeah exactly so yeah, yeah I read I, about it in the history books that's how that's I know. right yeah, yeah eight track tape players yep. Um, yep so what what do you want to leave us with Michelle. I would say that if you have so many leads coming in right now that are qualified and good, then you can forget this whole conversation. Marketing is inbound marketing is not for you. But if you're interested, I'm going to delete that. (laughs) And you're going to keep it. uh, Nobody's going to say yes to that. Yeah. Raise your hand, right? No one's raising their hands. We have all the leads we want. We're good. We're good. We have growth beyond. Yeah. You know, belief, you know, we know for certain the economy is not going to tank at all this year. I mean, we are confident we are good. Then, yeah, you can probably ignore inbound marketing. Um, But if you are looking to grow your company, continue to support putting leads into the flywheel or the pipeline, um, then you should definitely take a look at implementing inbound marketing with your company. And if you already have it, assessing, making sure you're assessing continually, at least annually, you should probably do it quarterly what's working, what's not working and why and making adjustments. So that's my that's my takeaway on how strongly I feel about the value of inbound marketing. That's awesome. And Michelle's company is called Creativate. And if you Google Michelle Jones Creativate, you will come up with it. Um, and yep. it's C-R-E-A-T-I-V-A-T-E. You got Out it. of Worcester, Ohio, the booming town of Worcester, Ohio. Worcester, Ohio. Yep. Wooster. I thought it was pronounced Worcester. 
That's Worcestershire sauce. Worcester. I know it looks like Worcester. If I College of Worcester. Yeah, like the College of Worcester. Um, but if I tell Siri Worcester, she thinks it's like Worcester, Massachusetts. So she's so gosh. Yeah, come visit me sometime. Love it here. Great time of year to be in Ohio. Oh, yeah. You have multiple people to visit when you come out this way, Steve. Mm -hmm. I'll take you to visit all my Amish relatives. There, that's my last nugget. There you go. I love the Amish. We'll talk about that next. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to put my sunglasses back on for us. I I was like, where did the sun, at what point in this conversation did the sunglasses disappear? I I missed that part. The sun went down a little bit, but I got this, I got the shades back on because the future is so bright, especially (laughs) when there's people like Michelle around. Yeah. I didn't pay him to do that. Okay, folks. I'm going to take us out of here on that note. Thank you so much for seeing the title of this and I can't take you podcast and for listening in on the B2B marketing and sales podcast with Steve Miller, Kelly's dad, marketing gunslinger, all those other things, not the rock star. Nope. And our almost co-host at this point, Michelle Jones of creative eight. And I am Dave Loomis, the Dave Loomis also known as the voice and many other things. And the author of Marketing is Everything We Do. Someday, the intro and the outro will be almost as long as the podcast itself. Because we (laughs) say so many things about ourselves. Yeah. I'm patting myself on the back. Um, All right, folks. are you writing a book? That's it. I'm writing a next book. I'm writing a next book. He's writing a book. I know that. But when are you writing a book? I've got a whole stack of ideas. I need to just, I need to commit to one, outline it and do it. Yeah. Inbound marketing, young lady. Mm. There you go. There you go. We just we'll got talk your about title. It. We just got your topic. All right. Thank you. Yes, we are done. And it's time okay. to let, you know, time for the final word. Okay. And the final word that I always say is bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the one and only B2B Marketing and Sales Podcast, the source for B2B Marketing and Sales Insight. If you enjoyed the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave these old guys a five-star rating. Check the show notes for any links and contact information. You can always contact us by going to B2Bmarketingsalespodcast.com. Thank you, and keep on marketing. Keep on selling.